got your Bibles, I'm going to look at a few passages today, and I'll be going through what seems like several scriptures to me compared to what I have been going through lately. Uh, but if you want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that's that's the kind of the verse I've had on my mind is verse 17 there, and I want us to kind of look at that together. Thank you, brother. We've kind of been talking about examining our faith and the genuineness of it, and we worked our way through James, and I believe today we should probably talk about what happens to those who truly are in Christ. Like we said this morning, we've seen uh, the grace of God. We've seen um, people give their lives to the Lord recently, and we've seen people take big steps of faith. And so I thought it would be good for us to look at this together this morning. I certainly want your prayers um, and, and ask that you would... You would pray, and maybe we'll try to make sense of this, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we want to begin, verse 17. This is what it says. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Amen? Amen. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That sounds simple. But there's a lot to be understood about what that simple verse is really saying to us. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. If you meditate on that thought long enough, you'll be amazed at what you think, right? Because at the heart of this verse, there's an amazing truth about a God who is rich in mercy and in love and who's given us life through Jesus Christ. You'll find the same truth, this same truth about this life that God gives us in all different places throughout the New Testament. And I want to show you a few of them this morning. And that's why I said I'd be jumping around a little bit. So if you if you don't want to turn, you can make notes and say, go back and reread these scriptures later. We'll get them up on the screens too. But I want to go through these with you. The first will be the most the one that probably most people know. It's in John chapter 3. And it's when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and this is what he said. He said, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? But Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Amen. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. You've got to keep that verse in mind throughout this message today. Then in Colossians, listen to how he talks about this new life. He says in Colossians 3, verses 9 and 10, he said, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which was, I'm sorry, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. There's a new man, a new creation. Now look in Ephesians 4 and see it here. Verse 24. He said, and that you would put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Again, a new man that was created. 
Now look at Romans 6 and see it here. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Amen? All these scriptures giving us the same basic principle. When a person experiences true salvation in Christ, they are made new by God. They are a new creation. This is a new life. A new birth takes place. That's what Christ was talking about to Nicodemus when he said, you must be born again. A spiritual birth has to take place. So, I know it's easy to get confused today because people teach things differently. But listen, salvation is not just turning over a new leaf in life. It, it, salvation is not just a, 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 a commitment to try harder to be a better person. Amen. Salvation is when we're born from above. Amen. It's when we're born of God. It's being born of the Spirit. It's the moment that we're made spiritually alive. We're given life by the Spirit of God. See, a lot of people don't understand this. And it's important that we do understand. Before Christ saved us, we were spiritually dead. We weren't good people with bad habits. We were not even just bad people that needed help to become good. We were spiritually dead people that needed to be born again. We didn't just need forgiveness. We needed forgiveness. But we also needed life. Because we were dead. And I think sometimes we don't think of it that way. We think, well, I'm so glad I found Christ. He really made my life better. No. He gave you life. You were dead. Dead. In trespasses and sins. Listen to the way Paul describes it to the Ephesian church. If you want to turn, you can, to Ephesians chapter 2. This is what he said about their deadness. He said, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, by nature, children of wrath, just as the others. Dead in trespasses and sins. That, what does that mean? Listen, that means that we were, before we were born again, we were totally separated from God. Amen. The Bible says our sins has separated us from our God. You had no fellowship with God whatsoever. There was spiritually, there was no life in you. No matter how many good things you did, there was no life in you. None. Yes, you could walk. Yes, you could talk. Yes, you could breathe. You had been born of water. You were born of the flesh before. So you had life in the flesh, but spiritually you were dead. 
says we live. But it's clear. Paul believed he was the chief of sinners and Paul understood what it was like to be lost. And so listen to how he describes it. And you'll hear, if you really look, you'll see clearly that this is the way that we live. And you may be in there and lost this morning. And this is the way you live today. We lived according to the flesh. Our mind was set on the things of the flesh. We walked according to the course of this world. Sin was our master and we loved it. We took pleasure in it. We were dominated by the world. Listen, our lust consumed us. We were consumed by the lust of our flesh. We were consumed with the lust of our eyes and with the pride of life. We were completely motivated by the cares of this life. We had no eternal perspective whatsoever. None. We were under deception. We were idolaters. We were lovers of pleasure. We loved our sin. We were separated from God. We were in full rebellion against Him without any desire and without any ability to be saved. The Scripture says we were without Christ and without hope. Dead in sin and loving it. And in verse 3, you can see the condition that it left us in. He said we were by nature children of wrath. That was, the, that was our condition. We were under the judgment of God. We were condemned by our sins. We were on the broad path. Our course was set for hell. And we had no desire to change it in ourselves. Now, if you're here without Christ, that is your condition. This is where you are right now. You're dead in trespasses and sin. You have no fellowship with God. You're in rebellion. You're controlled by your lust. Sin is your master. You're under the wrath of God and you're on a collision course with hell. You say, well, gosh, that's, that's strong. That's, that's, that's harsh to put it that way. We need some harshness in our life today. We're petted too much. We need truth. Now you may hear those things and you may join with the crowd that was with Jesus. And I thought about this back then when he was teaching them one time and he was telling them how hard it would be for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. He said, well, it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom. And this is what they said to him when he taught them those things. They said, well, who then can be saved? You may feel that way this morning. And listen to Jesus' response. He said, the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. It's possible with God. Now look in Ephesians 2. You'll see the possibility of it here. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. That was our condition. Dead in trespasses. But look at these words. But God. But God. That's where we were. But God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us even when we were dead in trespasses has made us alive together with Christ. 
By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen to me this morning now. If you ever are really born again, it will be the work of God that does it from start to finish. Salvation is impossible with men, but it's possible with God. He shed His blood for our forgiveness. He opened our deaf ears so that we could hear the gospel. He opened our blinded eyes to see the truth about our sinfulness and His righteousness. He brought conviction by the Spirit. He called us. He gave us the desire and the ability to repent and trust in Him by faith. That's why the Scripture declares salvation is of the Lord. It belongs to Him. It's His work. It's for His glory. And He deserves all the praise for it. All of it. This is how Paul related to it in Colossians. Listen to the way he says it here to this church. You heard how he said it to Ephesians in Colossians 2. He said, And you being dead in your trespasses, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. This is why that, that as you read through the Scriptures, you see Paul saying things like this, I can boast in nothing except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing except the cross by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. This is why we don't depend on our works. This is why we don't trust in the flesh. These things don't save. Listen to me this morning. Dead people can't save themselves. What dead people need is life. They don't need a little spiritual pick-me-up. They don't need a motivational speech to make them feel good. They don't need a little encouragement. They need life. And God has made a way for dead men to live. He's given us life in Christ. And this is what Jesus was really talking about. The prosperity preachers will twist it around and they'll say it's different. But this is what He was talking about in John 10.10 10, when He said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said uh, in John 17, He said, this is eternal life that they may know you and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is life. When He came to give life, listen in John's Gospel. Look at John chapter 1 verse 4. It says, In Him was life, and the life was the life of men. In John chapter 5, listen to how He says it here. Most assuredly I say to you, He who hears My word and believes in Him who sent Me has everlasting life shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will 
live. This is what he's talking about. When he says the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, he's talking about the dead who were dead in their trespasses and sins. If you're lost, you're dead in sin. And you need to hear the word of the Lord today and know He can bring the dead to life. There's hope this morning for you, but you must be born again. It has to be of the Spirit of God. If you recognize your sinfulness, you've got to repent of that sin, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, trust in Him for salvation. But listen, if you're here and you are saved, I want to remind you this morning, because we seem to forget it so easily, that it is Christ who has given you life. You once... Now, I hope, I prayed this morning that as the, the Lord kind of led me in this direction and, 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 and as I saw these things in the Scripture, I prayed that the Lord would use this to maybe revive our hearts a little bit. We need to remember that where we once had no relationship with God, it's because of this Christ that we came here to this little church today to worship that we now have fellowship with God. Amen. We were dead. We couldn't hear His voice. We didn't know it. But He opened their ears and now we can hear it. We couldn't see the truth and now we can see it. We went from being children of wrath to children of God. No longer abiding under His wrath. Now we love Him and we've passed from death unto life. We've been raised with Christ. He saved us and called us. This is what He said to Timothy. He said, He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace. And I wish that we could all rejoice in that truth this morning. I wish we would stop dwelling on all that's wrong in the world and see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Your heart should burn within you. Amen. you. Your bones, it should be like a fire shut up in your bones. You should be full of joy and full of praise and full of worship because you have been given life and you once were dead. Amen. And we forget it. And we treat salvation as common. And we treat it as expected. And we treat it as no big deal. It's become like any old other thing in our life. Church, it's worth everything this morning. Salvation is something to rejoice in. You ought to come through the church doors with a song on your heart, with a, with a praise on your lips, with a testimony of the goodness of God. How could we shut it up? How can we let it get stale? How can we let it get old to us? This is what he said. John chapter 10, listen. He said, I, I give them, talking about us, eternal life. That's what you have this morning. If you're in Christ, you have it. 
It's not, it's not that you will have it one day. You have it today. Amen. I'll give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Neither shall anybody be able to snatch them out of my hand. You're safe in God's hand this morning. Amen. My Father who has given to me is greater than all. Amen. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. I and my Father are one. One. Now, the Scripture says nothing can separate us from this love of God. Not a tribulation, not stress, not persecution, not famine, not nakedness, not peril, not the sword. In all things, we are more than conquerors through Him. Who loves us. And we're persuaded that neither death nor life, not angels, not principalities, not things present, not things to come, neither height nor depth, nor any created thing shall ever be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Now that is more than enough for you to praise God this morning. Amen. That's more than you say, well, i just got so much going on in my life. If you have salvation, you have a reason to praise the Lord this morning. If you, have, if you are in Christ, if you've been given new life, if you've been born again, I know that those things can be difficult. Those hardships and stresses of life can bring us down. They can seem to really get under our skin and set us back. But you are a conqueror in Christ. He has given you life. Eternal life. You were dead. And how quickly we forget it. You were dead. But now you're alive in Christ. You were lost. But now you're found. You were under wrath. But now you are an adopted child of God. You're alive and you have the promise of life eternal. And it's all through the work of Christ. So, if you've lost your desire to praise the Lord... If you said to yourself lately, you know, I just don't feel like worshiping. If you've been a little dry lately, maybe you've taken your eyes off the Savior. Maybe this message is for you. Hear what He's done for you. He's resurrected you from the deadness of your sins. And He's given you life. He's loved you with an eternal love. And that truth should restore your joy. People say, I just don't know how to get my joy back. The same place you got it the first time. In Christ. That's the only way to get it back. Is to go back to the source of it. You ought to, all of us ought to, not you, us. We ought to stand in awe of the mercy and the grace and the love of God and be thankful this morning. Amen. Amen. We are to offer the sacrifice of praise. Amen. The fruit of our lips giving thanks unto God. We are to be grateful this morning. Our hearts should be full this morning. Amen. Full. 
The only way we should be miserable in this house this morning is if we're lost. That's it. Because there's nothing now, nothing to a believer. Jesus said, oh listen, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, he that believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. You say, well, I've just been so sick and I'm afraid I'm going to lose my life. You can't lose it if you're a Christian. Even if you die, you live. Don't you see it this morning, church? Don't you understand it? Even if you go, you live. And you ought to get excited about it. You ought to be happy about it. Now listen, I know nobody gets excited about sickness. I'm not saying that we ought to. What I'm saying is, is just as the sister or son, whether we go or whether we stay, the victory is ours. So we rejoice. We glory in our infirmities. In our weaknesses. Because in those things, Christ is made strong. Now when this new birth happens, when it comes to pass in a heart, miraculous things take place. Not only are we made alive unto God, not only are we given the promise of eternal life, not only do we become children of God, but God goes to work in us right away. Looking down in Ezekiel 36, I've quoted this scripture a lot to you over the years. Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27, he said, Then I'll sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I'll cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I'll give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit within you and I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and I'll cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. You know, I love that scripture because I believe it's describing what God does in us when we're born again. You see, when we're born again, we're cleansed and washed and forgiven. But there's more than that that's taking place. God is also creating a new heart and He puts it in us. Gives us a new heart. He takes that dead heart. We were dead in trespasses and sin. Our heart was dead spiritually. It was unresponsive to God. It was unwilling to listen to God. It was in rebellion against God. It was hardened against God. And He takes that stony, hard, stubborn, rebellious, prideful heart out of us, thanks be to God, and puts a new heart that He created into us. And changes us. We had a heart that didn't love God. But when Christ makes us new, when we're born again of the Spirit of God, He puts in a heart that loves God. And if your heart doesn't love God, I don't care how many years you've called yourself a Christian, you're not. You're not. It's impossible. He gives us this new heart. Our old heart loved the world. It was enslaved to it. It followed it. It believed it. It trusted in it. 
it's not there, something's not right. It was enslaved to sin. It was corrupted. And He gives us a new heart that's clean and that's soft and that's pliable. This new heart is responsive to His voice. It's responsive to Him. He feels it in Romans chapter 5. I don't have it on the screen. But He feels this heart with love. It actually says He pours out His love in this heart by the Spirit. He pours it out. It's full of love for God and it's full of love for others. Now listen to me this morning. How do we know that we pass from death unto life? We love the brethren. Amen? If you don't love the brethren, what does that say? He said any man that says that he loves his brother and doesn't, he's in darkness still. God, in this new created heart that He puts in us, fills it with His love. And suddenly people that you didn't love before, you love now. And the God that you didn't love before, you love Him now. Not the God you create, but the God who revealed Himself to us through Christ in these Scriptures. You know what else He does on that heart? He not only fills it with love, but the Bible says that He also fills it with the law of God. Listen here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. He said, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put My laws into their hearts. And in their minds I will write them. This is what God does for us when we're born again. That new heart is filled with the truth and the laws of God. And it's responsive so that when we break those laws, when we commit sin, we know it and we can confess it and repent of it. Whereas before we could commit sin with no real conviction. Now, for a believer, you might sin, but you will feel the burden of that sin because God has wrote His law into your heart. He put it in your mind. It's in there. So we got a new heart. It's filled with love. It's filled with truth of the law of God. It's responsive to God. It isn't hard anymore. It isn't dead anymore. It's sensitive. It feels conviction. It feels joy. It feels peace. It has new desires because God's laws are written in it. I believe this new heart has a desire to please God. And if you don't have a desire to please God, you may not have the new heart. How does God do that? How does God give us this new heart and new spirit that He puts within us? How does He do it? Well, He's clear about it. He does it through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Look back at what He says there in that Scripture that we read in Ezekiel. He says, I will put My Spirit within you. My Spirit within you. What a gift from God this morning. The Holy Spirit coming 
to live within us the indwelling presence of Almighty God in all of His true children. And listen, if you don't have the Spirit of God living in you, the Scripture is clear, abundantly clear. You're none of His. None of His. Jesus said we must be born of the Spirit. And this is what He's talking about. Paul de described it in the New Testament this way. He said, when the kindness, this is in Titus chapter 3, when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He has saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Now listen, he said, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I don't even know how to scratch the surface in one sermon on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It would truly be impossible for me to do that. So maybe today just listen to some of what the Holy Spirit does in us when we're born again. He comforts us. I, what I'm describing to you is some of the things you should feel as a Christian at certain times in your life. He comforts us. He guides us. He teaches us. He convicts us. He gives us spiritual understanding. He says He reveals things to us. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things has, that God has in store, but the Spirit has revealed these things unto us. Yeah, he reveals it to us. He searches, the Scripture says, He searches the deep things of God. He enables us to obey God. When we talk about producing fruit in our lives, when we read in the Scriptures, it's the fruit of the Spirit. He seals us unto the day of redemption. He gives us that assurance. He helps us in our weaknesses. He intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, the Bible says. He strengthens the inner man. He gives gifts to God's children to use for God's glory. I mean, just think about those blessings alone. And they don't even begin to sufficiently describe His work in us. You see, the Spirit of God, when God puts His Spirit within us, it's for the purpose of transforming us. No longer to be what we once was. Remember the Scriptures, He says, no liars, no thieves, no drunkards, no sexually immoral, none of those people will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And such were some of you. Were. He did not say, and such are. Such were. Because He is transforming us. We're given a new heart. We're given a new life. We're given the Spirit of the living God to live this life and to work in us and to transform us. Listen to how it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We're 
are being transformed into this same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. He is transforming us. Ultimately, the Scripture tells us that this same Spirit that rose Christ up from the dead will one day raise us up also. Here's the point this morning. We that have been saved, we've been given new life in Christ. We have passed from death to life. We need to live like it. Huh? We need to live like it. It needs to be evident in us. We need to believe it and rejoice in it. We need to be thankful for it. Don't ever lose your thankfulness to God. Let me warn you this morning that when you become a complainer, God is not well pleased with you. Amen? We have nothing to complain about. If we've got salvation, we've got... Now listen, we say it, we say, we say it, it sounds like a little old cheap lyric from a song that we heard or something else, but listen... It ought to be real in us. If you've got the Lord, if you've got salvation, you've got everything that you need. Everything. Your soul is safe in Christ if you've been born again. What would a man give in exchange for his soul? Think about these things. Don't let your worship, don't let your praise, don't let your love... Don't let those things grow stale. Rejoice in the Lord always. Amen. And again I say rejoice. Amen. We've been born again from above. Born in the Spirit. We have been given eternal life. We ought to live like it. And if God allows, if He allows, next week, I want to talk to you more about that. Because the Scripture tells us how we ought to live as the new man. God has given us the tools by which to do it. God has given us a new heart that loves Him. Loves each other. God has given us the Spirit that does all that great work in us. Right? God has given us these things. He's given us life so that it can take away some of our uh, anxiousness and worriedness and those things. He's given us eternal life so we have all that we need now for life and godliness. Amen. And the scripture begins to lay out to us, and we'll talk about it next week, how we are to put off the old man and put on the new. Right? How we are to live now as this new person in Christ. And it's clear and it tells us, and I want to talk to you about it. Because I want you to see it. And the more we understand it, the more we live it, the more glory God will receive from our lives. But today, but today, see you may be in here today and maybe God has been dealing with you. Maybe it's not just today that God dealt with you. Maybe it's been a, a while that God is dealing with you. 
And you feel the weight of your sin and you feel the conviction of the Spirit and you feel that God wants you to be born again. Here's the great thing about God. If God has invited you to be born again, you can be. And so as we stand together this morning, as we begin to search our hearts, I would ask that you begin to really look at yours. And any that might need to pray this morning, it might be for salvation, it might be to pray about something else, it might be to, uh, you want to make a profession of faith, it might be that you just have something that's on your mind you want to talk to the Lord about. You should come this morning. This altar is yours. It belongs to the Lord. It's for you today. Would there be anyone in here today that wants to be born again? And you feel that God is working that in your heart. Look here, praise the Lord.
in partnership, Lord, with you, God, and all the things that you've given us as believers, God. May we come along beside of them and help them, God. May we show them the love, God, that they are your children, God. Amen. May we work in their hearts and lives along with you, God, to help grow them and disciple them, God. To help them get stronger in you to learn more about you, God. So thankful, God, that they're willing, Lord. It's hard, God. They're young. It's hard in this world, God, to be young and to give you to, to try to follow you, God. You know, God, the, the struggles that it is, Lord. Amen. And I pray, God, Lord, that you would honor their step of faith this morning, God, and that you would use them in a mighty way, God. You'd help them to be yours. Protect them, God. Secure them in your hand, God. Where no man can snatch them out. Fill their hearts with your love. Love for you and love for others, God, I pray. I thank you, God, for their willingness, God, and their desire to be born again, Lord. God, how we love you today. How we praise you. We don't deserve any good thing, Lord. But you have heaped goodness upon us, God. Amen. Amen. Forgive me for my unthankfulness at times, Father. For the times that I get stale, God, and you get my eyes on other things, God. Help me, Lord, to keep my eyes focused on you, God. Keep my heart on fire, God. Continue to use our little church, God, for your glory. It belongs to you, God. It's all yours. Help us to keep it that way, I pray. God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, maybe if they don't, would they care to come up and everybody shake their hand and hug their neck? Do you all mind that? Huh? Oh, Nikki. That was Nikki's decision if she wanted to let everybody know. Uh, but you let everybody know. But also, Nikki has accepted the Lord. Yeah. She may not want to come up and, and, and hug everybody right now. But be thankful. Amen. I know Mona's thankful. Amen. I know she is. Yeah. I know she is. Gather around. Show them some love. Welcome them into the family of God and, and uh, let them know how much you love them.